Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. What have been described by health experts as staggering official figures on plunging life expectancy in the capital brought into focus the shocking toll of the coronavirus pandemic for Londoners. Data from Public Health England, which was analysed by the King's Fund, shows life expectancy for modern Londoners has been seriously reduced, not just by a few months or even a year, but men have seen two and a half years cut from their lives on average, and women will now live on average for 1.6 fewer years. This plunge in the amount of time we might expect to spend on this earth is the biggest drop since the Second World War, when Luftwaffe bombs and VT to rockets decimated neighbourhoods. And while these figures are averages, there's also a serious disparity between the capital's richest and poorest residents. The Standard's health editor, Ross Lydell, has been covering this story in Friday's newspaper and online. Ross, these are shocking figures. How have you been reporting the data and where does this leave the average age people can expect to live until in London? The headline today is that life expectancy amongst Londoners has fallen as a result of COVID, which is perhaps not unexpected, but it's the scale of the fall that is quite shocking. And basically from now, men will live an average of two and a half years less and women 1.6 years less. Well, this is a different way of measuring the scale of the pandemic and essentially shows that a child born today or a baby born today will live much shorter than one born last year. I see. And, and we understand that the data has also flagged serious disparities for disadvantaged Londoners. That's correct. So basically the, what the figures also show is that poorer male Londoners, poorer men in London, uh, will actually suffer a bigger drop. They, they will lose an average of 3.3 years on their life expectancy. So basically what that means is that and that's in comparison to rich men. So as it currently stands now, rich men would be expected to live until 83, which is down about one and a half years, while poor men would only live until just over 74 years, which is down three and a half years on previous estimates. Now, it's a slightly odd way that this is calculated, and these are Public Health England figures, because it's not saying that essentially if you were a baby born today or tomorrow, this is how long you would live. What it is saying is, is that essentially looking at the current conditions uh, in terms of wider public health in London, that's the estimate that people have in terms of how long they would live, although it might be obviously different for 
children born today going onwards. Right. And how are these London figures comparing with the rest of the country? London used to be the best in the country for male life expectancy, but it has now fallen below the southwest, below the southeast, and below the east of England. And it's now on a par with the Midlands. Uh, so this, again, shows that uh, essentially how hard London was hit by the pandemic and especially the first wave of the pandemic. Okay, and could you give us an idea of the health and social factors that feed into this kind of data? The experts at the King's Fund essentially describe these as staggering in terms of what they're really saying. Now, in terms of whether it will even itself out going forward, the answer is potentially yes. Uh, But what the King's Fund does say, though, is that this sudden realisation that life expectancy amongst Londoners is going down is on top of uh, previous figures pre-pandemic which showed that life expectancy across the entire UK had fallen in the last decade. And that was linked essentially to the recession and sort of the poor state of the economy coming out of the uh, banking crash in late 2008-9 and all the years of austerity. Uh, so basically what they are saying is that it shows how the nation's wealth and general health tie in very directly with how long people are expected to live and how healthy they're expected to be. Because if people aren't able to find a job or live in sort of areas of deprivation, then they won't live as long as those who do have a job uh, or live in wealthier areas. So it just shows the wider importance of having a healthy economy. We know that the older you are, the more likely you are to die from COVID. Uh, If you're from a BAME ethnic group, you're more likely to die. If you're in a deprived location or an overcrowded house or if you're obese so all these things are uh, reasons that place people at higher risk of severe illness and death from covid and these will be mirrored in the figures published today you must wear a face covering at all times when using public transport unless you are exempt Now, cast your mind back a year, no, say 18 months, and honestly, wearing a face mask on the tube or on the bus would have got you a few odd looks from commuters. Now, they're not only de rigueur, but mandatory, and they're needed to protect not only fellow passengers, but for bus users, it's the drivers who are risking their lives every shift. And that's really been brought home by a new report by UCL's Institute of Health Equity, which is following up on an earlier study last year. Ross, this UCL report, commissioned by Mayor Sadiq Khan and Transport for London, has pointed to major concerns about the safety of bus drivers in the capital. What has it revealed? TFL has said this morning in response to this report that it will continue to insist on passengers wearing face masks on buses and obviously on the tube as well. The issue, though, is enforcement. You know, it's stopped thousands and thousands of people who haven't been wearing masks. Only a couple of weeks ago, I was out on patrol with TfL uh, just here in uh, Walthamstow and, uh, you know, probably over a dozen double-decker buses that they that pulled up in the time. Uh, most of them had somebody on the bus who was not wearing a mask, pretty much everybody had a mask and they only ended up finding one or two people. But you could see as each bus rolled up to the bus stop, especially people on the top deck were sitting there talking to friends, no mask on whatsoever. And this is the issue for these drivers. They're dealing with thousands of passengers a day and they've got no real way of 
enforcing the rules. And of course, if they do try to enforce the rules by refusing to drive off, they can potentially uh, spark a very uncomfortable and potentially violent situation uh, because the passengers who tend not to wear masks also tend to be uh, sort of not the finest members of society, shall we say, in many occasions, although obviously some passengers are exempt due to underlying health reasons. UCL's second report today essentially looks into links between the level or number of deaths and whether that is disproportionate according to deaths across the country as a whole. And what it finds is that uh, London bus drivers were three times more likely in the first wave of the pandemic to die from COVID than other people in the UK. And that then when you strip out uh, factors such as race, uh, they are two times more likely or twice as likely to die from COVID uh, or certainly were at the start of the pandemic. Now, th this was commissioned by Sadiq, who was particularly concerned about the number of deaths that were happening. This report looks into the first 27 deaths of bus drivers. There have now been 51 deaths of bus drivers in London from COVID uh, as part of a total of 88 London transport, London transport workers dying in the pandemic. I see. And is there any indication as to why bus drivers are more at risk from COVID? Is it due to their working conditions or something else? Well, that is a very good question, and it's one that goes unanswered in this report. Basically, neither the, this new report or the previous report was really able to answer how these bus drivers contracted COVID. Perhaps not unsurprisingly, it's obviously very difficult to know exactly when somebody contracted the virus. So it doesn't make the link between sitting in a driver's cab and falling ill from coronavirus. But what it does say is that those who did fall ill and those who died uh, were essentially disproportionately affected if they were sort of black, Asian or from another ethnic minority, or if they were older, or if they lived in, living in deprived areas. Or also one of the other factors that was found was amongst the younger drivers was obesity as well. Obviously, bus drivers essentially sit on their backside for quite a number of hours each day. It's a sedentary job and many of them have underlying health conditions, and that has been found to be a factor. And so what are the unions saying on this? And are TfL taking any additional action to improve working conditions? We're yet to hear from the unions on this, but they have previously spoken out on the need for better protection for bus drivers. Probably one of the key interventions, though, this morning has come from the Tories on the London Assembly. One of their Assembly members, Keith Prince, has been really champing at the bit here on this issue and has been campaigning very strongly for many months on it and raising it with the mayor. He basically described today's report as a whitewash. Uh, he's very angry because he said it's failed to take account of the fact that bus drivers from the outset were requesting PPE and were not provided with it. Obviously, a month or two into the first wave of the pandemic, TfL did move to try and seal off the bus driver's cab as best it could, but it wasn't hermetically sealed. It's not as if the drivers were sitting in a protected sort of oxygen flowing bubble. Uh, so the, the, the nature of the job it did contain a risk. And today there's a survey as well alongside the report which say that drivers were complaining of passengers failing to wear masks and being particularly hostile so it's going to be an ongoing issue. TfL has today said in response 
as has the mail, that it accepts all the recommendations and will also move to install sort of new devices in the driver's cab in all 9,000 buses in London that will essentially improve the airflow to try and ensure uh, this is from the outside airflow rather than from inside the bus to try and make sure that there's a better flow there to protect drivers as well as it can. We have much more on this story in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Follow the live blog for breaking news. That's The Leader. We're back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.